Get ready, golf lovers. The boys are teed up and ready to go. Backspin with Larry Canning and Steve Anderson. Thanks to Inside Golf. Hello once again. Welcome to Backspin. Thanks to Inside Golf. I'm Steve Anderson. Larry Canning's here with me. Hello, Larry. Hello, Steve. And hello, listeners. Always a pleasure to be here with you to talk about various things golf. We've got all sorts of stuff going on today. Let's go through the list. <laughs> you looked at me. Now, you go back to yesterday. You, you talk about your list there. We'll, we'll talk about Ryder Cup in just a moment. What a great event that was. Oh, how good is that? Yeah. We have to go to that one day. We will, one of these days. And we're also going to chat with uh, a mate of ours who was actually there, mm. uh, a bloke named Mike Mosher from Teed Up Golf Tours. Uh, yeah. Mosh was there for a couple of days, I think, of the event and loved it. But he'll give us a bit of background because watching it on TV was fantastic, but to actually hear what it was like to be there, whole different story. Mm. So we'll talk with Mike Mosher about the Ryder Cup later in Backspin today. We're also going to catch up with one of the great young names, an up-and-comer. Is that right? Oh, to call him? keep an eye on Danny. Yeah, Danny Nisbet. Yeah. Now, he won the Northern Territory Open Yes. Uh, not that long ago. We spoke with him just after that victory, and we've been waiting for the right opportunity to use that interview, mm. and it's come. It's, it's coming because yeah. it, it, we're just on the, on the doorstep of the Aussie Golf Summer, Stephen. Yeah. All the big events coming up now. Watch this name, Danny Nisbet. Watch yeah. this space. Okay. We'll talk with Danny Nisbet later in backspin as well. Uh, Richard Fellner, one of our great mates. Well, he's definitely one of mine. Yeah, I don't know. I've never actually met him. I've spoken I work, with him on the phone. He's my, he's my editor. But I do call him friend when we speak. Yeah, yeah. 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 You, can, you, can, you can use that term. It's but, okay. Um, golf Australia has announced a new initiative called One Golf, which aims to bring all the governing bodies together. Mm. But? But... There are a couple of holdouts. Mm. Yeah, so they're nearly there with it. We'll talk some more about that with Richard Fellner, what's happening with One Golf, and uh, see what sort of an opinion he's got on it uh, later in the show as well. Uh, tourism, Larry. We always look, like talking about destinations. This time, it's Vietnam. Yeah, it's interesting, Steve, because it's not the first, like, like you say, it's not the first place, like we said earlier. It's not the first place you think of when you th- when you think of golfing trips, is it, Vietnam? But no, not at all. It, it definitely it's 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 exploding apparently in terms of golf. Golf it's, courses bobbing up everywhere, and they're fantastic courses. It, yeah, and it's, it's it's exploding because they've got some great courses uh, designed by some of the great names mm. in golf. We're going to talk with Graham Davison, who is the GM of Thailand Golf Tours. They've branched out into tours into Vietnam and uh, Cambodia as well. Uh, but we'll talk with Graeme Davison about some of those courses and what the experience of golf tourism in Vietnam is like. Now, just speaking of Thailand golf tours, if you're a reader of Inside Golf, and I know pretty much all of our listeners are, I know you yeah, are, I'm I know I am, am yeah. um, they're giving away, Inside Golf and Thailand golf tours are giving away a trip to Da Nang, Vietnam, as part of the Discover Vietnam Golf Tour uh, from the 4th to the 10th of March next year. Now, it's it's land only. It doesn't include the airfares, but uh, it includes four rounds of golf, caddy, cart, six nights accommodation, a couple of group dinners. There's all sorts of things in there. If you want to know more, go to insidegolf.com.au forward slash competitions, all the details about this prize there. What a great prize. Oh, fantastic place. To, yeah, uh, from what I'm hearing... Not only is it a fantastic golfing destination, it's a beautiful place, Steve. A great place to visit. And when you get there, it's not very expensive. Yes. You can buy a beer very cheaply, which very would interest cheaply. you a lot. Oh, it'd like, interest me. I think it might interest you, too. Just a tad. Just a drip. Yes. Hey, speaking of um, uh, drips... Uh, <laughs> Of which we, yeah, nothing to do with what I'm about to say, but um, have you got 
Have you You're got looking a, for a segue and you just come yeah, up with Yeah, I know. I know. It's the worst one possible. Have you got a tip? Yes, I do. Yes. What's it about? It's a, it's it's bunkers, Stephen. Just the basic way to play a trap shot and the variations you can use to, to propel the ball short or further. I have to say, you, you taught me how to play out of a bunker and it was the best golf lesson, seriously, that I've ever had. One of my few successes, Steve, with oh, you was, was bunkers. I was and playing, you, you are a very good trap player, aren't I, you? I, I had to play two. Uh, I played um, on the weekend and I had to play two trap shots and they were both pretty much spot on. Did I, you mention my name at all? As it, as it flew out and spun next to the hole? I, I thought it. I had this speech bubble in my head. With I felt something. Yeah. Actually, what, t- what time was that? Was that like middle of the day? It was about sunrise, I think. Yeah, that's... I f- <laughs> that was a different feeling. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, and you're spitting. What are you spitting about? Oh, uh, just about the... Um, uh, it's a Ryder Cup the- spit, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it yeah, is. Yeah, okay. All right, there's a, there's a good segue into talking about the Ryder Cup. I've got to say, watching this event on TV, I absolutely loved it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely unique, isn't it, to golf? Yeah. It's a different different vibe, totally. Whilst we weren't there, you could, you could see it on the TV screens, just how uh, the spectators were reacting and how they were... Well, I, the the booing is was what upset me a little bit, and that's the that's what my spit's going to be about. But the whole vibe of the event is it's like a stadium golf, isn't it? It's like a a football match or a cricket game, a T twenty. Pretty pretty convincing win for the European team. Why? Um, when you look at the some of the names that are in that American team, I mean the absolute cream of the crop. What went wrong for them? I don't in think your the, opinion. The, in yeah, your opinion, I think. Well, I think there was a couple of little viruses within the team. Yeah. I think I think Patrick Reed has a fair bit to answer for. Bryson DeChambeau is such a weird, unique. Might be a nice guy, but there there was no team bonding between the players, and even the mates, even Kepka and Dustin Johnson. We'll talk about that a bit later on too. They finished up having a bit of a biff, apparently. Right. Um, going over on the plane, allegedly there was a bit of um, a biff between them, and then a bit of a stoush when they had to be separated the Monday night after that the cup was finished. They were having a celebratory or commiserating drink with each other and uh, yeah got a bit got a bit ugly apparently so um yeah i didn't see any 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 team bonding at all between the players whereas it was on display for the europeans right throughout the event from the start wasn't it yeah, yeah. even on the first tee when they were announcing you could see the two american players standing that they'd announced the four players before they hit off the two americans standing like a, about a meter apart the two europeans arm rounds each other both in every every time every time i saw a team announced they were Almost in an embrace. Yeah, and it seemed to me that Thomas Bjorn was pretty clever with his pairings yeah. as well. Yeah, there was just some funny ones to start with, but they all worked. They, they? worked, yeah. 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 And he was out there Molina- all the way Mol- around. Molinari Fleetwood. Yes. You cannot beat them. Yeah. You couldn't beat them with an axe. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could. Well, you probably hurt them. Yeah, have a go at it. Yeah. Um, but what about the course? Well, I mean, wasn't that Mosh, unique too? Mosh is going to, uh, Michael Mosh is going to talk a bit more about the course. But yeah. yeah. Um, it, looked, it looked like a US Open golf course, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And the first fairway, that had to be like 15 metres wide. I, I was seeing guys laying up with irons straight in the water. The fairway must have been that narrow. It was crazy. So yeah. uh, I think um, it obviously played in away from the Americans' uh, advantage, which is power, and into the Europeans, which is, you know, the, the European players are more used to having to design shots rather than just blast away like the Yanks do on their tour. So it definitely played into the into the Europeans' hands. Uh, I guess it was, it was like a, a Davis Cup tennis match, I suppose, Steve, when you, when you go to a country, you play on the, their surface, don't you? Yeah. Well, I've got to say, it certainly uh, whet the appetite for uh, the World Cup of golf 
coming up. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was just thinking about what I just said. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, definitely. Yeah, team. It's all about team, Steve. Team. Looking forward to it. And it's the ISPS. I was gonna, in the last yes, episode. I've got to apologise for this. I don't know. My my brain slipped off into another universe where the uh, the letter. Uh, a, a replaced, replaced S. S. Yeah. yeah, at the end of ISPS. You've had that, you've had that issue for a while, oh, haven't I just, you? I don't know what it, what it is, but anyhow, my apologies to uh, Dr. Hander from uh, ISPS Hander. Mm, um, nice guy. The major sponsors of the World Cup of Golf. Apologies. ISPS, not ISPA. You just keep saying that, mate. I will. ISPS Hander, World Cup of Golf coming up in Melbourne. Yes, yes, yes. Looking forward to it. We're, we're going to be there, Stevie. We're going to get some more Robin Cooper time, the executive director. Yeah. We, we haven't got her on this episode. Sorry, Robin. We'll I get you on Robin. next time. I miss Robin. Yeah, I know. Oh, I, I can see her. that. Larry, just before we take a, a, a very short break, mm-hmm. uh, people have been flocking to the Backspin Facebook page, which you curate. That's the word they use <laughs> in terms of the content on the page. You are the curator of that content. But uh, something that's happening on the Facebook uh, page for Backspin is a brand new competition. Thanks to our friends at Volvic. What's going on? Well, uh, Volvic are donating a dozen golf balls, Steve, to each of our shows for, for the next f- few months um, for whatever we want to donate them for. Okay. <laughs> That's a good start. The competition we, we're running this this particular show, Steve, we would like the listeners to, um, to go on face, our Facebook page and tell us about the worst golf shot they've ever hit, the most embarrassing shot they've ever hit. Um, try and keep it beneath about a 1,000 words if you can, listeners. Um, all you need to do is go on the Backspin website. We would like you also to follow, or is it share, Steve? Yeah, no, follow. Follow. Yeah, follow the follow Backspin us. page, yes. Follow the Backspin yeah. page. So because press, press the do, button that says follow. If you do, yeah, follow the, the page. If you do, you'll you'll get access to some tremendous stuff that Larry curates very carefully. But you also get the chance to win those Volvic golf balls. Yeah. Can you choose whichever colour you want? No. No? No. We'll no, nominate the colour. Yeah, okay. Well, yep. But the, a great, great golf ball too. Fantastic so golf ball. Get on Facebook, type in backspin, go to our page, follow it, and leave some details about the worst golf shot you've mm, ever played. That's we'll it. choose the worst. Yes. It's got to be worse than my worst golf shot, which I played at Cootamundra Golf Club. Oh, I was there. I you was there, there, Stephen. And the TV camera was there too. We were doing, yes, we, that's right. But we the, were TV, doing a little- the TV camera was actually behind me on the on the tee. <laughs> it should have been safe, shouldn't it? Yeah, it should have been very safe, but I actually nearly hit him. <laughs> You got it right out How of the did throat. I do that? Well, it came out sort of forty-five degrees left. You had a bit on it too, and hit a tree, and ricocheted straight back towards the cameraman. Did he dive? Did he jump out of the way? He got out of the way. Yeah. So yeah. The, I just, the, the, it was a par three. It was about a two hundred meter par three, and and um, you asked me what the yardage was. It was two hundred meters. Then after you hit the shot, he said, what have I got now? I said, oh, 224 you've got now. <laughs> when I was asking you for the yardage, I was asking what the yardage between me and the cameraman was, <laughs> not yardage to the pin. Yeah, that was gold, Steve. Yeah, that, 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 actually, you should put that in. You should submit that. You I will. finish up with a dozen Volvic golf balls. <laughs> I might check the T's and C's. I don't think we can enter. Anyhow, go to the Facebook page, yep. Backspin. <clears throat> have we explained it well enough? I think so. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Your start was pretty uh, ordinary. Terrible, wasn't yeah. it? Anyhow, we got there in the end. So this, all I do is curate. I don't actually know how to explain. Yeah, it doesn't matter. No. Doesn't matter. This is Backspin. Thanks to Inside Golf. This is Backspin with Larry Canning and Steve Anderson. Larry, you are a huge fan of Zexio. I love Zexio, Stephen. 
In Odor. fact, you're, sit- you're sitting here now wearing your Zexio jumpsuit. Oh. <laughs> Where did you get that? <laughs> you're just being silly now. I am being silly. Let's talk about Zexio golf clubs because their mantra is making lightweight, easy to swing golf clubs. Whenever they make a club, that's what's in the back of their mind. It's it's easier to hit. It doesn't. A lot of golf manufacturers have gone down the path of cavities, and, and obviously Zexio do that as well. But Zexio, the, the Zexio golf club makes it actually easier to to find the centre of the face, which I find um, fascinating, and it's definitely working for me with my driver. You've seen the mark on my driver face right in the centre. It's just lighter, slightly shorter. It's just it's so much easier to hit. And I'm getting it further because I'm hitting it more out of the centre. So they're, they're clubs made for people with a, a slower swing speed? Moderate swing speed, under 95 miles an hour. We use miles an hour in golf. Okay. Yeah, so it's, 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 I'm, I'm exactly that. So it, it works perfectly for me. Zexio, number one golf club in Japan for 18 years, uh, and uh, they're making a name in Australia. We're still not that familiar with the Zexio name, but we're getting more and more familiar with it. You, obviously, mm. you're getting familiar with the feel of them, and you love them. Yeah, oh, great golf clubs. They're so much easier to hit. You know, I'm, I'm stunned with it. You know, and I, I do. I get excited. I know when I talk about golf equipment, but this particular brand of golf club is something special, and the way they're put together, Steve. Yep, uh, unique titanium. They only use the premium stuff. Lowest resin, highest graphite content in the shaft. Um, all sorts of technology they're, and, they're and balanced development to, to the to the ounce, the gram, the, the counterbalance. The grips are weighed. They put the grips on with a laser so that they're perfectly straight. It's extraordinary how they're made. I think the two words you're looking for are thought and precision. That's what goes into Zexio Golf Clubs. Larry, where can you find out more information? Go on the Zexio website, xxio.com.au. xxio.com.au. And those jumpsuits, where do you buy them? (laughs) (laughs) Zexio, it's a great name in golf. Check it out. I just don't know what to make of you, Stephen. I really don't. xxiozexio.com.au. The Backspin Interview. Thanks to Inside Golf. Well, what an event the Ryder Cup was with a comprehensive victory for the European team. Larry, you and I weren't lucky enough to be there, but a bloke who was is our roving correspondent, our international correspondent from Teed Up Golf <laughs> Tours, Michael Mosh. G'day, Mosh. G'day, boys. Mosh, um, it looked unbelievable on TV. What was the atmosphere like being there in real life? It looks crazy. Tell us about it. Yeah, look, it's a different event. There's uh, times when it's crazy, when the Ryder Cup is held in America, it's a little bit more subdued in Europe, but it's still an incredible event, and the atmosphere is unbelievable. That was subdued in France. Well, com- compared to what it's like in America, America can get a little bit nuts, but uh, the Europeans do have a good time, but they respect the golf. Do you think there was a bit of payback for the way the crowds are when they played in America? Do you think there was a bit of payback in some of the behaviour during the Ryder Cup this year? Absolutely. I think that's payback way back in what uh, Patrick Reed did in uh, Glen Eagles. He appeared to be the one that was the focus of most of the booing. We were hearing booing on TV. Was it? It was boo, wasn't it? Yeah, there was a little bit. Not as much as again. Not as much as what it was in yeah, uh, at okay. Hazeltine okay. in Minneapolis. Minneapolis was a little bit silly. In terms of what the crowd did to the players, and, and Rory had a couple of spectators kicked off. It got a little bit nasty in uh, Hazel time. Any of that booing when Patrick Reed was playing was any of that coming from the the American team headquarters at all? <laughs> <laughs> no, just working on a theory I've got. Sounded a bit like Jordan Spieth sometimes, a couple of times. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, just an incredible crowd, Mosh. The number of people. Did you expect it to be that big? I think there was about fifty thousand there each day, and because there's only four games, yeah, you know, we took about sixty people there. 
and I told people that you couldn't really follow the golf. You had to sort of sit in one spot yep. and, and then jump around to another. But but the, the best part about the Le National was that the, there were so many dunes and mounds that the viewing spots were great. Talking about the golf course there, Mike, just tell us a little yeah. bit about that too because it looked feverishly tight I and mean, it looked nasty. Yeah, absolutely. Tough golf course. They play the French Open there and... and I think that was one of the reasons why a lot of the players played so well there because they played so many French Open. It was in fantastic condition. The last four holes are unbelievably tough. I'm glad we didn't have to play. They compounded that difficulty with some incredibly tough pin placements as well. I agree, Steve. There was, uh, I, I went Thursday, Friday and, and uh, watched the last round on TV and it was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, the atmosphere, it's hard to describe. It's, like, it's a little bit like going to a football match in a small area there's certainly a lot of atmosphere away from the golf as well with guys dressed up. It's different. That's why I think it's, it should be on everybody's bucket list. Were the Fanatics there? No, I didn't see the Fanatics. There was a group of uh, guys dressed in... It was green and yellow, there, wasn't it, or something like that? It was a, there were a couple of guys that dressed in, in um, you know, blue and yellow. Blue and yellow. But there's okay. there's everybody, mate. There's Donald Trump. There's, uh, oh, he was know, there. Quite it's quite, it's quite funny. Some of the guys do, do, do a good thing. I mean, look, the, it's, it was close to, to Paris itself, so we stayed right in, in downtown Paris. So, you know, it, it was about 45 minutes without traffic one day. So uh, another day coming home, there was a bit of a mix-up, and it was about two and a half hours. But it was an unbelievable event. My guys had a ball. Any particular play that was a standout for you, Mosh? Yeah, I liked just. Thomas. I thought he, he played well. You know, I, I like the way he plays. Well, I was all over the Americans. I thought they'd kill him. They look good in preparation. They look good in practice too. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I thought the Americans would towel the Europeans up. But it just goes to show you that I. You know, I think in hindsight now, what's Watching some of the replays back, at the uh, Americans, you know, kept to themselves in the four ball matches, and the Europeans were all hyping each other up. I yeah. think they yeah. they play better together. I think that's how it all went down again in the four ball matches. America gets fouled up. I was going to ask you about that, Mosh, because that was really obvious in the the coverage. Yeah, yeah. Just that camaraderie in the uh, the European team and the way they just love playing as as the pairings that they were playing. Just the passion when they'd win a hole. Just the passion was incredible to see. I I think if an American hit it in the water, his partner wouldn't say much to him. Where the European guys would, you know, come over and fire the guy up and, you know, commiserate and pat him on the back, and and the American guys would stick to them to themselves. So it was quite different. I do a lot with that with Steve, actually. Well, you've seen that, Mosh. <laughs> you know, you've seen that in the past. Nothing's changed. I mean, it's been a few years since we've played with you, but no- nothing's changed. It's just the way it always was. That passion, that camaraderie. When I hit it in the water, he, you know, oh, a little bit of a laugh. But I mean, it was it was it was it was as a, a giggle. It was an emotional type of laugh. It wasn't like laughing at you, Steve. I was laughing with you. He made it look like it was a great event on the TV. It sounds like it was just as great being there as well. So listen, thank you for your time. Teed up golf tours. Give us your elevator speech. It's a company that you've had going for a number of years and you've taken a lot of people to a lot of great golf destinations all over the world. Tell us about the company. Yeah, we've been going for 17 years now and next year will be my 20th year of going to Augusta. Uh, We take people every year to Augusta and the British Open. Uh, we do it. Uh, this year was my fourth Ryder Cup. We've done Super Bowl tours. We've done uh, Rugby World Cup tours. We've got a Rugby World Cup tour next year again. We've done Ashes tours. Uh, basically, boys, we just think of stuff that we want to do, and hopefully, other people want to come with us. And they're coming, been, aren't they? It's been fantastic. Yeah, it's been great. So, uh, who would have thought? 
you know, after all those days selling chocolates and Mars bars. <laughs> you sell more of those than anybody, too. You're good at that, too. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a lot of fun. You can Google Peter Golf and see all the stuff we do, and we have a lot of fun, and uh, we play a lot of great golf courses as well. Mate, if you've ever got two spare seats, you know, either on the plane or a couple of spare beds in the hotel, you know, someone pulls out at the last minute, there's a couple of blokes who'd be happy to help out by filling them. <laughs> Happy to help out where I can, boys. Good on you, mate. Teed up golf. Right. Uh, just Google it. You'll get all the information. And, uh, mate, thank you very much for uh, for your time. Thanks, Mosh. Good on you, boys. Talk to you soon. See you, mate. Thanks to Inside Golf, this is Backspin with Larry Canning and Steve Anderson. Well, Daniel Nisbet is having an outstanding year with victories in the New Zealand Open in March and yesterday finishing with a final round 63 to take the Northern Territory PGA title. He's currently leading this Australasian Order of Merit and he joins us on Backspin now. Danny, hello. Hey, boys. How are we? Good, Danny, mate. Fantastic round yesterday. We were talking a bit before we went on air just how when you get aggressive, when you get one of those aggressive moves, you just keep the foot on the pedal, don't you, mate? I mean, I, I cover tournaments for, for radio, a lot of domestic events, as well as our, uh, our Opens and PGA Championships, and I've always watched your name on the leaders, but if it comes up, I make a bit of a beeline to watch you play, because you are easily <laughs> the most aggressive player I think I've ever seen. I love watching you play. Sometimes Thank it obviously you, yeah, comes no, off. I get, sometimes, I get that feedback a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I reckon it would, mate. Yeah, sometimes it obviously works, sometimes it doesn't, but yeah, it's it's great fun yeah. watching you. That was your frame of mind again, I suppose, yesterday in the New Zealand Northern... Yeah, it's hard to say, isn't it? NTPGA. That's yeah. the one. NTPGA. Yeah. Danny, t- NTPGA. talk us through. Nice and easy. Talk us through those last hey, few holes here, mate. Oh, look, the last few were I mean, I um, I kind of got a little bit annoyed with missing missing all the parts. I, I gave myself plenty of opportunities on um, Friday and Saturday and just didn't hole much. Um, the greens were a little bit tricky, but you know, it was, it was still just kind of you know just wrong pace, wrong line, and vice versa. So uh, once I started hitting a little bit closer. Made it a lot easier on those last five six holes. Yeah, nineteen under is probably not 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 one of your better scores, <laughs> to be honest. Isn't it? I mean, back in New Z- the New Zealand Open in March, twenty seven under par around that golf course. I've played that golf course, and I think I was about fifty four shots worse. But um, <laughs> mate, yeah. So uh, you, you're now leading the Order of Merit. I noticed that win in uh, in New Zealand. That was that gave you exemptions, or did it not, on the Asian Tour for a, a couple of years? Is that correct? Yeah. So I get. Um it was, it was a lucky situation, actually, because I got into uh, the Asian tour through that. But because it was at the beginning of the year, I got all of this year, and then you get two more years. So it's kind of it's a good time to do it because yeah. I got you know, the remainder of the season plus two. So um, you know, if you have a win at the end of the year, you kind of get mm, what's mm. remaining of that year and two. So I kind of got three years out of it, which was a huge bonus. So you've been playing this year in Asia? A little bit. Schedules are up and down. You can go a month here and there without haven't really anything on so and that was one of the main reasons I'm here in Darwin this week or last week because you know there's really not a lot on anywhere at the moment you know the the timing just kind of worked out really well where I could get up here and then get home for a couple of weeks and prep for Asian Tour coming up. That aggressive approach Larry was talking about before where you just seem to like to get out shoot a low score I mean everyone likes to do that but is is that something that's always been the way you've approached the game? Yeah a little bit it doesn't always pay off but I'll say aggressive golf whether I've got a a nine iron in my hand or a driver in my hand, and that's something you know that we've we've had to modify a little bit with the way I approach certain courses, certain holes, and what kind of suits my eye better than other shots. So it's, you know, it's one of those things you just got to feel comfortable. And if you feel comfortable being aggressive, if you feel comfortable hitting an iron, it's just one of the ones you got to go with. Kind of your gut. Danny, uh, winning in this Australasian Order of Merit, what would that mean to you? Oh, it would make next year pretty busy. I think I'd have to change it and 
basically throw out the calendar and start again. But, um, you know, that would be a terribly good situation to be in. <laughs> that's, a, that's a really nice problem to have, yeah. I've, so, I've had worse problems than that, yeah. When the bigger events come up in, the, in Australia, the Australian PGA, Australian Open, your preparation going into that, is there more pressure leading the Order of Merit going into something like that? Um, it, you, hopefully you'll still be leading by then. There's a couple of other events to be played between now and then. But would you put the, the handbrake on a little bit if you're in that position or just keep smashing it? Uh, no, not really. I, I think, you know, as, as long as I'm playing the way I'm comfortable playing, I, I don't want to go out there and just try and coast in. Um, I'd rather try and go out and, you know, obviously, if you're, if you're advancing on the money list, you're making money as yeah, well. So it's yeah. not just... It's working. not just about holding on. It's about, you know, still making a living and still trying to learn from yep. each event, which sometimes I've struggled to do. So, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's not just kind of, you know, you, you have a couple of good weeks and you can just sit back and all's good, kind of going to keep the, keep the foot down a little bit. Listen, Danny, thanks for your time. I've got to, before we finish up, I've got to comment on the trophy you won yesterday. That, oh, yeah, did that, you see that'll that? That'll be going straight to the pool room, won't it? <laughs> yeah, oh, mate, amazing. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't believe it was real. Like, and I had a, um, they gave me, like, a certificate to say that it was acquired legally and everything. I was like, oh, it actually, <laughs> actually turned out to be real. I didn't know that. I thought it was plastic, but, it, yeah, it's real crop. Because you're not supposed to do anything with a croc, are you? Unique. Just, just, just yeah, stay out of the way of them. It was, it was um, donated by Parks and Wildlife from something that had been illegally poached. Oh, apparently. okay. So, yeah, it was... Um it's not one of those big bastard ones. It's only a little one. <laughs> no, the re- the perpetual one is from a six meter croc. Oh right? my god, is it really? And I got the little. I got a child. Yeah. Oh, you got the little bab. Yeah, we should explain yeah. what we're talking about here for the people who haven't seen the photo that, that we have. What is it? A skull? You call it a skull? It's the, yeah, the, the oh, skeleton. Yeah, yeah. It's the it's skeleton head of a crocodile. <laughs> it is quite unique in the world of sporting trophies, <laughs> I reckon, that one. It's pretty crazy. But yeah, it's very cool. Very unique. Good on you, mate. Congratulations once again. And uh, no doubt we'll be uh, we'll be hearing about you and probably catching up with you again uh, in the near future. Keep the foot down, Danny. Awesome. Cheers, guys. Thank you very much. So, see you, mate. Thanks to Inside Golf, this is Backspin with Larry. Larry Canning and Steve Anderson. Larry, you are a huge fan of Zexio. I love Zexio, Stephen. In Adore. fact, you're, sit- you're sitting here now wearing your Zexio jumpsuit. Oh. <laughs> Where did you get that? <laughs> you're just being silly now. I am being silly. Let's talk about Zexio golf clubs because their mantra is making lightweight, easy to swing golf clubs. Whenever they make a club, that's what's in the back of their mind. It's, it's easier to hit. It doesn't... A lot of golf manufacturers have gone down the path of cavities, and obviously Zexio do that as well. But Zexio, the Zexio Golf Club makes it actually easier to, to find the centre of the face, which I find um, fascinating, and it's definitely working for me with my driver. You've seen the mark on my driver face, right in the centre. It's just lighter, slightly shorter. It's just it's so much easier to hit, and I'm getting it further because I'm hitting it more out of the centre. So they're, they're clubs made for people with a, a slower swing speed? Moderate swing speed, under 95 Miles an hour. We use miles an hour in golf. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's, it's I'm I'm exactly that. So it, it works perfectly for me. Zexio, number one golf club in Japan for eighteen years, uh, and uh, they're making a name in Australia. We're still not that familiar with the Zexio name, but we're getting more and more familiar with it. You obviously mm. you're getting familiar with the feel of them, and you love them. Yeah, great golf clubs. It's so much easier to hit. Than, you know, I'm, I'm stunned with it. You know, and I, I do. I get excited, I know, when I talk about golf equipment, but this particular brand of golf club is something special. And the way they're put together, Steve. Yep. Uh, unique titanium. They only use the premium stuff. Lowest resin, highest graphite content in the shaft. Um, all sorts of technology they're, they're and, and balanced development. To, to, the, to the ounce, the gram, the, the counterbalance, the grips are weighed. 
they put the grips on with a laser so that they're perfectly straight. It's extraordinary how they're made. I think the two words you're looking for are thought and precision. That's what goes into Zexio Golf Clubs. Larry, where can you find out more information? Go on the Zexio website, xxio.com.au. xxio.com.au. And those jumpsuits, where do you buy them? The Zexio, yeah. it's a great name in golf. Check Sometimes it, check I just it out. don't know what to make of you, Stephen. <laughs> I really don't. XXIOZexio.com.au. This is Backspin with Larry Canning and Steve Anderson. Well, Golf Australia's One Golf Structure has officially launched, bringing together nearly all of Australia's golf state and territory governing bodies under a single unified structure that's aimed at boosting golf in Australia. Uh, the state and territory governing bodies of golf in Victoria, Queensland, South Australia, Tasmania, Tasmania and the Northern Territory have signed service agreements with Golf Australia to now all come under the Golf Australia umbrella. Couple still to go. A couple of names missing there, Larry. Mm. To tell us more about One Golf and what it's all about, uh, let's have a bit of Fellner time, Larry. It's yeah, always yeah, something we like with the editor of Inside Golf, Richard Fellner. Hello to you, sir. G'day. How you boys doing? Hello, Richard. One <laughs> Golf. It's been launched. What are your thoughts? Well, look, I think in theory, um, it, it's a great idea. Um, you know, amalgamation, consolidation is can be a really great thing if it's done well and if it's done 100%. Um, I think in, in the past, we've had such a fragmented industry where we've got, you know, Golf Australia at the top, and then you've got all the state and territory bodies below it. Maybe not. You know, they, they kind of talk about having the same direction, but potentially not you know they've got different junior programs they've got different this and that so for them to come under one umbrella with one strategy and you know with one direction should be a really good thing however with golf new south wales and golf wa not in the picture so holding out yet i'm not 100 percent sure if they can really get the full benefit of this amalgamation any idea why that's the case richard I have no idea. I'm not privy to the uh, the inner workings of it, but you know, a lot of people might assume it's something with you know politics or mm. you know not wanting to you know give up jobs and things like that because you know potentially some people would may be out of work. Oh, I see. Um, okay. So, I, but I I don't know. But you know, at the end of the day, this is really a financial decision. Um, you know, when you get advertisers, you know, coming on board where. In the past, they might only get exposure in one event, say, you know, Emirates mm. at the, the Australian Open. Now, with this, you could get advertising exposure for your sponsor across all of the state bodies. And potentially, maybe some of these state bodies, like in WA and New South Wales, maybe they're feeling like they might be missing out. I don't know. When uh, when this was announced, uh, Golf Australia CEO Steve Pitt talked about, he used terms like, you know, efficiency and streamlining and unified governance, all those sorts of things. But should should this, ultimately, what they should be talking about, surely, is the good of the game and the future of the game and how a move like this can impact positively, you know, very positively on all of those things about making sure that the game gets a, a great leg up in this country for years and years to come. I think that might have been one of the original discussions with this is that, you know, if you can consolidate everything and you can get everybody moving in one direction, then we can definitely help the grassroots golfers, um, you know, by, and by saving money up top, we can pour more money into the grassroots golf. So, this is definitely 
good for all of golf. You know, if you take out all the advertising stuff, which, you know, that's money that comes in that they can use. Um, definitely having the one strategy is great for golf. Um, it's, you know, it'll be, it remains to be seen whether this will work, um, you know, what they do with it. But, you know, my fingers are crossed. You know, I, I hope they can do something good with it. Any thoughts, Larry? All right, look, I, I'm, I'm, st- I'm a little bit stunned um, by the fact that New South Wales and Western Australia aren't involved. I'm, I, I don't know what to make of that. I'd love to talk to them, Steve. Maybe we will. We, we, let, let's get them on the line and have a, have a yarn. I'm, I, I, clearly, they have a, a, you know, a, an opinion on it and they have a path they've taken, a stance they've taken. Love to know why. All right. Well, maybe we can get Richard to do a bit of digging. Oh, Richard's a good digger. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, that's his nick. That's one of his nicknames, Digger Digger Fellner. I've heard. Yeah, yeah that he can get lot, that yeah. big big trench coat he's got and his yeah. magnifying glass oh. and his pipe out and all yeah. those sorts of things. And, <laughs> and, and he can get on the case. Get your flat cap off, Richard Fellner. <laughs> Yeah, look, I, I don't even know how to respond to that. Yeah, no, no, but, no, um, no you know, response with, is smart, I think. Yeah. With, with with the digging, you know, that's my nickname when I'm in the bunker, so uh, <laughs> you would know Larry. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> leave the digging to us. There are still, it is a great move, but there are still questions to be answered, and, and we'll see if we can get some answers to those questions, perhaps for the next episode of Backspin. Richard, it's always a pleasure, mate. I always love being on here with you guys. I've got to go, Richard, because I've got to finish my column. Yeah, all right. Yeah, you, you go do that, and I'll get the trench coat ready. <laughs> <laughs> right on, mate. Thanks, mate. Right, thanks, boys. Thanks, Richard. Travel the world and play golf. Let's go somewhere with Backspin. Thanks to Inside Golf. Whilst Vietnam is a very popular destination with tourists, it's probably not as well known as a destination for golf tourism. Uh, That's changing with golfers heading for some of the great courses around Vietnam, particularly with companies like Thailand Golf Tours. Larry, you haven't been there. You're hoping to go one day? I've never been to Vietnam, Steve, no. Well, listen, you should have a talk to this bloke because he knows what he's talking about. It's the general manager of Thailand Golf Tours, Graham Davidson. G'day, Graham. Good morning. How are you both? Good, Graham. How are you, mate? Vietnam, as I said in the introduction, probably not... Not a destination that comes to mind for a lot of golfers who like to travel around the world playing great courses, but certainly growing in popularity. You made a good point before that it seems that Vietnam's on everyone's bucket list to go visit because of the history that, that Australia's had with Vietnam. But very few of them have actually stepped onto and had a look at the golf course. And the golf course is a world class. You know, there's two or three opening up every sort of month now as Vietnam starts to grow into a major tourism hub. So is that a fairly recent thing, the growth in the number of golf courses? It depends on the your definition of recent. I think three or four, there's one just opened now, about a month ago, Vin Pearl in Da Nang. Da Nang and Montgomery have been there for four or five years, but let's say in the last 10 years, definitely. Say the name of that golf course again. Vin Pearl, which has only opened about a month ago, is just outside of Hoi An, which is attached to Da Nang, up in the central part of Vietnam. Probably heard of uh, Ho Tram, the bluff. To be honest, I don't think many of the listeners, including us, haven't heard of many courses in Vietnam. We're pretty keen to, though. Oh, mate, they're just sensational. The, the courses are in absolute pristine condition. The caddies are fantastic. They know their stuff. They're well-trained. Most of them speak enough English to get by. I mean, it just adds to the experience. It's a bit like uh, Thailand on steroids at the moment. <laughs> You're interesting there about caddies, and it's a big part of Southeast Asian golf as well as Japanese golf, isn't it? The caddy is an integral part of the golfing experience, and unless you've had a professional caddy like these guys and girls, it really is a unique experience, isn't it? It's totally unique, and it takes a little while. You've got to sort of help people into it because they go, oh, I can see a line, and she's telling me a different line. And I just keep saying to people, over the two or three holes, you'll get to trust their judgment and you'll enjoy the experience. Do the caddies actually play, do you think? Yeah, interestingly enough, a few do. I've, I've had a few, uh, indeed, up at uh, 
in Kauai, I recently played about seven holes with a girl that looked and walked like Lydia Cohen, bombed the ball like <laughs> You can't have that. She's not doing a job no. probably if she's hitting it past you, mate. No. You're not wrong. <laughs> in terms of course design, they've certainly got some of the, the big names in the world of golf to go over there and, and actually put these course designs together for them, haven't they? Yeah, Norman's done a couple and he, of course he loves sand, so you get a few, bit of sand there. Luke Donald recently opened about Barnard Hills about 18 months ago and that's a, that's a real treat. There's a few blind holes and things that you're not generally used to on sort of like resort courses. Uh, Colin Montgomery's done a couple. There have been a few local designers that have done them and they're quite good but I think the major names who do it professionally have created such a great playing environment. Well, one of the courses I noticed is named uh, Montgomery Links. It's not the most Vietnamese name you, uh, <laughs> you'd imagine for a course, is it? It isn't, and not only that, but they wear tartan uniforms. So oh, no. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they all have a weight with curly hair and, and they whinge a lot. And <laughs> yeah, as you walk in the door, there's this big pedag- uh, uh, sort of a cardboard cutout of Monty swinging a club and <laughs> everyone gets their photo taken without shaking hands with Monty. <laughs> have you got a favourite course over there, Graham, at the moment? Yeah. Yes, I like Laguna. It's about an hour and a half north of uh, Da Nang. It's adjacent to probably the only six-star resort I've ever seen. Oh. It's just an amazing layout, and it's set among uh, rice paddies. It runs up the side of the... You can actually tee off and walk up the beach to the green. It's just a wonderful experience. That's my favourite. I know Mark likes ERG Da Nang because he likes uh, the layout that Norman's put together, and he's... Mm. he's a lot further than me anyway. So. Sorry, the Mark you refer to there is is uh, the founder Penfold, of... Mark Penfold. Yep. He's the owner of Thailand Golf Tours. I, I had the unique experience when we were in CM Reap recently where I actually played with Mark, who is a constant 300-yard hitter. Oh, no. Stephen Kennedy, who you may know, world mm. senior long drive champion. Oh, yes, yes. Fabrice Ho, who was the pro at Prakithra. And there I am bombing it out there about 220, 230 yards, <laughs> having a one I'm 70 years of age. I'm having a wonderful time. They said to me, are you enjoying it? I said, got no idea. I'm playing by myself. <laughs> <laughs> they shake your hand when, when you get to the green every time. Yeah, I've, I've experienced that when I play with my sons. My son's like that too. He's, he's, he's got my arms and away he goes too. But it was good fun watching these guys craft their way around uh, Pakistra. It was just a, a great experience. Now, all we're doing today is wetting people's appetites for golf in Vietnam, but if they want some more details, if uh, they want to get over there and experience these courses you've spoken about, Graham, at Thailand Golf Tours, you're happy to help people out, no doubt. Absolutely, and that's why we Mark wrote the article, and of course we've offered the free trip to uh, Vietnam uh, in March next year, so one of the, your lucky readers is going to embark on that at some stage. What do you have to do to enter? Can we enter? Is that, is that against the rules? I, actually, Mark and I were talking about that the other night, <laughs> saying, well, if you're a staff member, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> My approach is always ask for forgiveness, not permission, <laughs> all right? Yeah, so. it's funny about that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. the old forgiveness permission thing. Good on you. All right, Graham. thank you for that. Uh, the website for uh, Thailand Golf Tours? thailandgolftours.com.au, and um, we've just reopened the website, and we've just launched our newsletter, so we're going through a whole bunch of changes at the moment. We've also got our calendar out for 2019 with uh, 3, 6, 9, 12 tours coming up. Wow. The other thing we do is that sometimes people, when they go to, say, uh, Da Nang, March 4 to 10, they want to say, they say to us, no, well, we want to be there a little longer than that, so we do add-ons. So mm-hmm. we'll go from Da Nang to Saigon, or we'll go from Siem Reap to Da Nang, or we'll go from Da Nang to Ho Chi China. 
So you've got the opportunity to come and do the tour, but you've also got the opportunity to stay a little longer and play some different courses as well as catch up on the culture as well. So we think we've crafted a fairly good calendar. Sounds like you've covered pretty well every base there, Graham. ThailandGolfTours.com.au, the place to go for more information. Graham, thank you very much for your time, and we'll talk again soon. My pleasure. Thanks, Graham. Lovely talking to you. Bye-bye. He's only here to help the world play better golf. So settle back and enjoy this tasty tip from Larry Canning on Backspin. Thanks to Inside Golf. Your tip this week, Larry, it involves uh, playing out of the sand, out of the old trap. All I want to do is help the golfers, Steve. That's my mantra. Yeah. I spend my whole life doing that. Yeah, and it's good. It's a very noble cause, particularly when it comes to playing out of the sand. Yes, and we were talking about the Cleveland Wedges. Now we're talking about how to get, how to produce the best result from your sand wedge. And sand wedges have bounce on the sole. We talked about that with the Cleveland stuff. Um, now, we have to use that bounce because that bounce is designed to get the club through the sand. Mm. So you, you, it means that you can strike the sand with a downward blow, and because of the bounce, it'll slide through the sand underneath the ball. So the, the most common mistake, and I was looking at uh, a mate of mine hitting some trap shots the other day, and he was trying to lift the ball out of the bunker instead of hitting down. Um, and it was, it was as clear as... Um, what's, what's really clear, Steve? Uh, things. <laughs> clear things. It, it was, was as clear as, as clear a clear as, thing. It was to as clear you. as things that he was um, he was in trouble trying to lift the ball out. So we just, I showed him to open the face. I, I put his weight on his front foot, his left shoe, being a right hander, and told him he must swing down with an open face. The, the club will do the rest. The ball will lift up in the air and, and off it goes. So that's that's the key. Don't try and lift it. Use the loft and use the right method. That that weight on the front foot, um, on the left foot, mm. if you're a right hander. Um, that, that's a really crucial part of it, isn't it? Yeah, you've got, it's got to stay there too, Steve. You set it up well on the left shoe and you leave it there. Yeah. If, if you lean back, then you'll strike the sand at the wrong point. So if you stay on your left foot, you'll hit the sand at the right point every time, which is an inch or two behind the ball, as you know. And the other thing is, and I'm going back, as I said, uh, I think, in the introduction, uh, the, the lesson you gave me on, on hitting out of the, the, the sand was invaluable for me. And I remember that, the, the weight on the, on the, front, on the left foot, um, and and really opening like opening up your stance mm, mm. and opening up the club face as well. If you do all those things, they might seem a bit counterintuitive because you, you're thinking about getting it up yes, and out all yes, the time. Yep. But um, don't worry about it. Just trust it. Yeah. yeah go to the, go to the little practice bunker and have a bit of a, a go yourself, and and you'll be stunned how how easy it is to get the ball out of the bunker. Yep. Keep keep following through. Always make sure you follow through yep. as well. Yep. I'm forever in your debt for teaching yes, me that, Larry. You are, Stephen. Thank you. I know. Never forget and it. You never let me, you, you never let me forget <laughs> it. Um, now, let's finish up with a spit on your li- behalf. I don't like booing, Stephen. No, I don't either. You know, uh, and no, the- it just doesn't It doesn't sit well with me. You know, grand final when the refs come out and they boo them yeah, at the end that, of the game. That? It's like... And Billy Slater. The yeah. other, I mean, that was terrible. He's, you know, look, you like him or hate him, he's, he's been a... Yeah. A fantastic player, one of the best, well, possibly the best fullback ever, and they booed him. Yeah. What's that about? At the Ryder Cup, there was a lot of yeah. booing going on. Patrick Reed, it's okay to boo him, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, all the American teams were getting booed. And that was terrible. I don't know whether that was the French people or just the all the the fans. It was probably uh, more unFrench people there, I suppose, than any. I guess because they travel around the world to go there. So I don't know whether we can point the finger at any different, any specific group, but. Uh, yeah, it was the first thing I heard. The first match that went out, I thought, no, no, don't do it. Stop it. I was wondering if the announcer might have said in between groups, guys, no, none of that. It's, it's golf. It's not mud wrestling. You know, it's, it's, take it seriously. Have some respect. But uh, it just kept going right through the week, didn't it? 
Yeah. Yeah, it did. And in fact, I reckon it got worse. Yeah, it could, could possibly have, yeah. Yeah, mm. you're probably right. But um, we are, in Australia, we seem to be very respectful in that regard. Our, our, our golf crowds are- Unless you're Billy Slater. I mean, no, no, I'm talking about golf crowds, yeah, yeah. Not, not rugby league crowds, but- but golf crowds, bad behaviour is totally the exception. Mm, it isn't is, it? isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. And I think um, England, particularly Scotland, the home of golf, they're all very respectful there as well. Yeah, yeah. Don't boo. Even if you're half thinking about it, don't boo. Don't do it. Okay. Don't do it, Stephen. Don't do it. What about we give a dozen golf balls to everyone who doesn't? Um, um, yeah, no, no, I don't think no, so. No, okay. I don't think that's going to happen. Sorry, I was just—I was thinking about rowdy crowds. I was thinking about you on the party <laughs> hole. Remember that? Yes. Have we spoken about that before? <laughs> no, we haven't. No, that was a bit embarrassing. Yeah, the old party hole. We was had our Australian sons with open? us, Steve, yeah, didn't we? we? Did, and they had, which they made it even more embarrassing. Haven't yeah. let us forget it, have they? Yeah, no, they just sat there looking at us in disbelief. Okay, yeah, when we moved away, we didn't, we didn't boo. No, no, no. We were cheering, but um, yeah, probably yeah. a little inappropriately. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Things happen. Yep. It's history now. Larry, uh, this show is history. Our thanks again to um, our old mate uh, Buncey the Button Pusher. Don't you, Buncey? He's sitting over there wearing, he's proudly wearing his new Rolex watch. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's an in-joke, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. No, it's not. We announced the last time. We were talking about getting some watches from Rolex. And yeah. You, you crueled our chances. <laughs> I was going to whack it on eBay, wasn't I? Well, yeah. I can't wear a watch that's worth more than my house, Steve. I, I can't see myself doing that. You were going to whack it on eBay, then head down to Big W and buy it. <laughs> a Slesinger. Buy a Slesinger with the proceeds. Unbelievable. Yeah. Sorry. Poor old Buncey, his eyes lit up. Thought of wearing his own Rolex proudly around town, and you crueled it for him. There's plenty of sponsors in the ocean, Steve. We'll find another one. Thank you, mate. Thank you, Stephen. This has been Backspin. We'll talk to you again very soon. <laughs>